My name is Matt Brown. And let's start the show. Why is he running, Dad? Because we have to chase him. Okay, we're going in. is the hero Gotham deserves, but not the one it needs right now. So we'll hunt him. Because he can take it. Because he's not our hero. He's a silent guardian. A watchful protector. What's up, folks? This is Matt Brown speaking, the host of the Productive Conversations podcast. And how are you doing whenever and wherever you're listening to this podcast? I hope you're safe, happy, and well. So, it's Monday, October. November 9th, the day when this podcast is dropping with the famous and very sophisticated man, Jacob Unger. This guy is my buddy for a while. Another guy I met at the University of Hartford, living out in the Midwest and coerced about his experience there, ending his uh, senior year, also amongst the pandemic in a premature manner but with that he has turned lemons into lemonade and he looks like he's doing so well so far after talking with him and i really enjoyed our time talking about fraternity stuff talking about our sports teams and talking about what makes jacob unger so damn impressive and well Here's a treat for you all, because on this Monday, we have Jacob Bunger on the podcast, and it is quite the awesome conversation. And allow me to add this. He had a very, very nice message for his family and for all of us. A very wholesome message at the end of this podcast. Check that out, especially. Good man, Jacob. And here is the Productive Conversation podcast with Jacob Unger. Here we go. Yes, 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 yes. Look who I have on the Productive Conversation podcast today. I have the incredible, the mighty, the glorious, and most importantly, all the one of a kind, Jacob Unger. Jacob Unger, welcome to the Productive Conversation podcast. What's going on, brother? How's it going, bro? We're doing great over here. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm great. I'm great. I really was looking forward to this for the last few days. Uh, you're one of my favorite people I've ever met at U Heart. I'm really not bullshitting. You can look at the other podcast to see. I haven't said that to everyone. But appreciate um, that, bro. I'm really glad you're on here today. So uh, tell me what you've been up to post-grad life. So you graduated this spring, I assume, and especially in the very crazy graduation, I I bet. So what you've been up to since... Uh, since that day yeah so i graduated it was kind of like uh they told us they weren't sure how long we'd have so we had our spring break they extended it and they said you might come back after two weeks you might not and obviously we never went back so like every other graduating senior 
I started panicking because I'm not mm-hmm. going back to school and need to find a job. So um, I didn't know what to do. I was looking for all these jobs and the, the job market was not looking too good, especially for a communications major like mine or like I am. So, um, you know, I used my fraternity experiences. Obviously, we're in the fraternity together. Um, so I applied to be a field executive, which is kind of you travel to chapters, um, you kind of check up on them, see what's going on. Um, and you, yeah, so you, you kind of travel the country, go to all these schools. Um, so yeah, so I spent the summer in Indiana doing some training cause that's where the headquarter is. Um, so I spent my time there, uh, had a good summer. There's seven other of us, a uh, few executives. So had some fun. They give us uh, they have two condos. So four and one, four and the other. I stayed there for the summer. Um, and after that, I was assigned to an expansion project at Penn State, trying to bring a fraternity Ooh. there. Um, it didn't go too well. The The pandemic really made that super difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, and after that, I had schools I was supposed to go to travel to. But I obviously, it's not safe to do that. So now I'm back here in Indiana um, for the rest of the semester, uh, working out of the office here in Carmel, Indiana. How is Indiana? Tell me what's that. Uh, I happen to be there because you and I, one of the great things we have in common, we were both chapter presidents of the yep. Zeta Chi fraternity, Zeta Upsilon chapter. I know what it's like in Indiana. What's it like, Justin, you going from, you will go from, you're from New Jersey, right? You're from Bergen County, New yep. Jersey. Go to Hartford. So as East Coast as you could get. Now you're in the, I guess it's considered the Midwest, right? You're yeah, in the, the Midwest, Midwest now. What's it yeah. like? What's that adjustment like? It's definitely a lot different than the East Coast. I'll say that for sure. Um, you know, it's a lot of uh, farmland, I guess, or maybe not farmland, but, you know, just big grass areas that mm-hmm. have nothing there. Um, you know, the, the town that I'm in, Carmel, is very nice. Um, one, one of the wealthiest cities in, or towns in the Midwest. Um, so it's a very nice area that I'm in. Um, a lot of nice buildings, places to go to around here. Um, you know, I, I like the East coast a lot better. I'm definitely an East coast boy. That's why I've learned being out here. Um, that's where I belong. Mm-hmm. You know, the people here, I feel like, you know, with the pandemic, you know, they seem to not believe that's real and still want to go about their business and their days as if stuff was normal. Um, which I personally don't like cause I'm a big believer in this. I know people have been affected by it. So seeing people be so nonchalant about it really upsets me. Um, and just that's, I feel like that's kind of their attitude that, you know, the, the rules almost don't exist out here, really? um, which is nice to some extent, but at the same time, you got to know what's going on and, and be aware of your surroundings and the world around us. And I feel like that's not really a, the case around here. So I, I like the East coast. Uh, all I know is that this job has taught me that I belong in the East coast. Yeah. How about that? You get assured that you could say you did it and, uh, you know, field execs, pretty cool job, but they don't last forever if you don't want it, but you get some solid work experience right out the force, know how to travel and stuff. So I commend you on that, a real field exec. So everywhere you've traveled as a field exec, you just drove, you got in your whip and just saw, see this great country, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> So funny story. So um, from Indiana, I went right to Penn State. And the first day I was there, so I was going to meet up with someone, you know, try to recruit them, get them on board. Mm-hmm. And I'm driving, I'm parking. It's a two-way street and um, pulling into my spot the very first day. And some girl hits me from behind and got in a nice little car accident from the start. So what? it was off to a rough start. Yeah, the only thing I had with me was my car pretty much and my clothes and 
you know, took a hit right away. So that was pretty rough. Um, and then Jeez. unfortunately, I didn't get to go anywhere after Penn State. Um, just right back to Indiana because of the pandemic. I was looking forward to it. I want to see, you know, big sports fans. So I want to see yeah. you know, all these stadiums and games and all that stuff. And didn't get to do that, unfortunately. It is what it is. But, uh, yeah, I mean, Penn, I saw Penn State. It's a pretty cool area. Um, big Ten country for sure. Mm-hmm. Different atmosphere than Hartford, what I'm used to. And then <laughs> now I'm back here in Indiana. Yeah, I mean, well, first I hope your whip's okay, and she, she, I hope she pays yeah. with that. Uh, oh boy, you know, well, Hartford's all about that yeah. insurance capital. You hit your insurance boys up for that. Well, yeah. So I actually, so since I was shifting lanes, and I actually forgot to turn off my blinker because you know I wasn't being the smartest. So technically, I'm responsible. So I'm not too lucky. Just finished paying for her car to get repaired, and my car's still a little beat up with a messed up bumper in the back so messed up and i'm end up needing to buy a new car because it's going to be uh you know just as much money to fix it than if i'd get a new car so i think that's the route i'm looking at right now but what a start it was that's for sure well i'm sorry to hear that you know you're still a dope person you know we all uh, it happens appreciate to all of that. Us, so um i know you'll make a great comeback star and even a better whip makes some exactly money. exactly you you know so yeah so you go to penn state See what it's like. It's obviously two different worlds compared to Hartford. Completely. Was there, was there anything that really you love stick out? Because Pennsylvania, they worship their Penn State, that whole state. They do. I know they've had a quite a tough, tough. They've had a quite a tough, you know, ten years since we know what happened with the the little situation scandal. But um, what was, is it? A good vibes campus? You, see, you felt the pride. Um, yeah, so honestly, you know, everyone there, the first day I, I pulled up, you know, everyone's wearing their Penn State stuff, their Penn State shirts, Penn State backpacks, Penn State face masks, everything Penn State. So they really take pride in their team um, and all of that. You know, it's interesting that you brought up the, the stuff that happened um, with Penn State football. Um, you see no signs of Joe Paterno on campus, yeah. except for the libraries named after him. Other than that, there's no signs of him. They completely watched his legacy off campus, which obviously you know some messed up things happened there but you know he was a legend in football and he did a lot of crazy things for the college football game so yeah um see that his legacy was just completely forgotten and washed away was pretty pretty insane to me but you know it was pretty neat because you have the football stadium right across the street you have the hockey arena Mm -hmm. um the baseball fields right down the street from that the softball field sack field they're all in one little area so um, yeah, and that was like a minute from where my apartment was down there. So it was really cool. It, it's, it's a lot different. And, you know, I've always wanted to see what the big schools are like, especially with sports, being such a big sports guy myself. So it was an awesome experience. Um, you know, obviously my job that I had to do there didn't go as well as planned. But, you know, some things were out of my control, the pandemic and all of that. So, mm-hmm. but yeah, it was, it was awesome to see what it was like and, you know, how much pride they take in being from Penn State and all of that. Boy, if only Hartford was like that. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Definitely not at all like that. You know, you'll never see someone walk around with their Hartford Hawks shirt. <laughs> that's all you saw at Penn State. There's this dude named Jason Radowitz. I don't know if you know him. He's this. I don't he, think so. He's just. He was like a legitimate U-Hart sports fan. He has a somewhat of a following on his Twitter. <laughs> he has like thirty thousand followers, and people wow. go crazy on him. But I. <laughs> If you asked him, he would make uh, – he'd, he'd talk about Hartford, especially basketball, was like – he would talk about them like they were Duke. 
or something. And (laughs) we have a quite a ways to go till we get to that level. But how about that? Did you like the campus food at, at uh, happy Valley? You get a I never there. actually had the, the campus food, you know, because the, there were restrictions on, you know, going in there and stuff and I didn't have a yeah. meal plan or anything like that. So I just kind of, you know, the place I had had a little kitchen cooked up a little bit, you know, took out a lot more than I would like to. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I get to you know, I went to some local places in the area, had some good food. Um, you know, there's some alumni of Theta Chi in the area. So um, we, we reached out to them and, and met up with them. They kind of showed us the ropes and some of the good food spots in the area. So that was pretty cool. Um, seeing some of the places around there. Yeah. I was wondering, like trying other campus food. I don't know why that's like <laughs> fascinating. Cause we had our U heart ones. I remember when I'd go to UConn, their food was like hella good. Like, but it seems every, every kid complains about their meal plan. Even the Harvard kids, I bet. Yeah. Well, it was funny because, um, you know, Tony Matrice, a good friend of ours, um, yep. from also from the fraternity, he's actually at grad school at, uh, the Penn state. So I met up with him one day. Oh, um, right. and oh, I, right. I, that was actually something I asked him. I was like, yeah, so like the dining hall is here better than, than Hartford. And he's like, not really. So that's, yeah, so, that's, guess, that's yeah. a statement, you know, yeah. when it came to you heart food, I locate, I mean, hmm, how do I say this? <laughs> um, there were some stuff that I would genuinely look forward to. Like Hawks Nest, I'd always have this joke with people. The local sports bar. Now. Yeah, our lo- the local sports bar. <laughs> I, haven't <heard> that. <laughs> I haven't heard that reference in years. I love that. But yes, local sports bar. I was like, yo, I would probably eat here if, if it was just some random place wherever I live. I don't know. I didn't mind the hard food food. I, I liked um, our, our wings. I remember they'd have these wings. They weren't bad at all. No, man. Oh, boy. And, and, you know, back to the field. How did you – did you get approached by You got recruited? You were just seeing what out there? Well, why did you decide to apply to be a field exec? Yeah, so it was kind of something that, like, I never seriously considered. Like, it was always just a thought in the back of my mind. Like, you know, it would be cool to see all these campuses. And yep. remember also this is before um, COVID was even mm-hmm. a thing. So it was always kind of in the back of my head. Um, and then the field executive that – visited uh second semester of my senior year his name is daniel connor um still on staff good friend of mine that i've met through working here um we went out to world of beer um it was me mm-hmm. him and one of the other brothers and we we're kind of just talking and i said to him you know it's kind of a thought of mine never seriously considered it um just always been something you know that i thought was interesting and you know he told me you know it's a fun summer you all spend time together in the condos here in carmel um, and then you get to see all these cool places. He was telling me some stories about some of the schools he went to, um, mm-hmm. saying, you know, alumni have bombed tickets for football games and stuff like that, <laughs> given some merchandise. Um, so he kind of made it sound real appealing to me. He gave a nice uh, recruitment pitch to me. And then um, when the, the pandemic started, I kind of reached out to him and said, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm really considering this now because I don't know what I'm going to do for a job. And he kind of told me how to go about it. So I just applied. Um, had some interviews um, from my boss now, spoke to him a little bit, and he, he was all on board for, for me to join. And then after that, it was about a month later, I came down to Carmel, Indiana and started my summer here. Yeah. How about that? So, you know, like I said, I've been at Carmel myself for the fraternity, the uh, the president's conference. Right, right. Which is truly like top five greatest thing I've ever done in college, hands down. I agree and- there. And the way it works, so as we were chapter presidents, me and Jacob, and 
we and the way it worked so every single theta chi across the united states and one in canada they all go to indianapolis for a huge convention convention slash conference everyone whether you had the bama president you had the usc president or you know you president at the time we i was there we were the only um connecticut conf uh chapter i don't know if that's changed still but, are still are okay so yep and but it was cool literally representing a whole state my favorite part was yeah. you got every state stereotype like you had yeah. the Cali bros from like Long Beach U, <laughs> like not give a fuck. You'd have like boys from the Bayou in the South. Um, <laughs> you had like, uh, you know, some uptight kid like the SEC school bros and stuff like that. I remember like, wow, there's some really insane fraternity stereotypes in this room. And then there's some people you wouldn't even yeah. think. Oh, you're in a fraternity. So I think that was exactly. really eye opening. In that, do you have any uh? That conference again, like I have just stories. I went with Sam, our buddy Sam Anchari. What was funny is me and Sam, so the conference is in January. Me and Sam is supposed to go to JFK and fly out there. Of course, his he fucking missed the flight the whole out the whole classic flight. Sam. I go by myself. And you know it was cool. They had uh you know the signs like hit Theta Kai. I remember like like dudes I'm still like Instagram friends with like this dude from Texas tech who, you know, it was crazy. He told me at the time, but I didn't really pay attention. It's like, yo, I, I asked him, I asked him some, something, but he told me he was in a class with Patrick Mahomes, like red shirt, Patrick Mahomes. That's in insane. Piece of NFL. I remember one thing that sticked out. And, uh, so we take the bus back, Sam, is late, late as fuck. He has to pay an $80 Uber from Indianapolis to Carmel. Ooh. 80 bucks. That's yeah, it's a far drive from the airport. Jeez. And, you know, definitely laughed at him for that. He paid it. You know who paid for it? I remember Brad paid for it. <laughs> I don't know if he paid until this day. And, um, you know, man, it was just, you know, we did our business in the day and then we just got, you know, you know, college, he had some college fun. So exactly growing out. I remember going to hotel rooms and like whole tubs have beer and ice in it. You know, one of the things it was not to be too somber, but we went the weekend Stuart Scott passed away, you know, the oh, wow. uh, anchor for ESPN. And I remember there was like a room with like 50 fraternity brothers and, you know, Stuart Scott's a big deal for fraternity. Most, most of them are probably big sports fans. And we all took a toast to Stuart Scott that day. That was pretty sweet. <laughs> That's 50, nice. 50 bros just out there like that. Yeah. And a fun fact about it. So I'm sure as you remember taking your picture for the presidential composite. Oh, so, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. So actually um, they have them all hung up in the, uh, the chapter room in the, in the office there. So uh, we both have our picture in the, hung, in the headquarters hung up on the composite there. No so way. I'll have to send you a picture of it. Yeah. Please do. Yeah. I have my composites over there still. I have, I still have to get my senior one. I have to find someone with that. I never got the senior one, but uh, I got the other three up there. And uh, yeah, you have any other, you remember any, anything uh, nuts that you could say on here that happened in your presidential conference? Uh, at the presidential conference. I mean, so yeah, funny story. So I actually went with um, Kevin who I know has been on the podcast um, yep, yep. as well. Um, and then, uh, oops, I'm getting, 
sorry about that um but yeah so and then um booming um so we had three of us <laughs> and i remember um you know we're just walking around and stuff and just doing our thing and then people were talking about someone you know took a dump on the elevator and what? yeah so i remember uh that was the That's big thing of that conference yeah it was very i mean it's pretty grimy if you ask me <laughs> but uh yeah i remember and apparently you know it doesn't even matter because they're not even uh, a chapter anymore. But I'm, it was Arizona. Um, it was their their recruitment chairman, and I remember I was on the elevator, and I was like, "Yeah, is Arizona's uh, president here?" And and they're like, "Oh yeah, that's me." He's a small little ginger kid, kind of seems like a, a little bit of a douchebag. I was like, "What's your recruitment chairman thinking?" And he's like, "What do you expect? We're Arizona. Like that's who we are." And I looked at the kid. That's I was like, "You're sick. You're so sick." And everyone started laughing at him for saying something so stupid and the way Rob responded back to him was pretty funny. So I remember uh, roasting that kid on the elevator after hey, um, the last day and everyone laughing at him. Yeah, I'm a little bit of a troll sometimes, so I got to give everyone a hard time. <laughs> so that's why Arizona's no more, huh? <laughs> yeah, they're no more. They got into some trouble, so oh, they're gone. Hate to see it. Grok went to Arizona. Fun he fun. did. He yeah, did. so... Boy, that that is a uh, that's just mean at that point. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why someone would come to do that, you know. But <laughs> you know, another thing that was funny, um, we had we had it was this. So I went 2015, and so it's the 2014 college football season. The national championship is right around that time, and it was Oregon versus Ohio State. I remember we put right. the two chapter presidents together in a room, say, yo, fight or yell at each other. I don't know. They just <laughs> being awkward about it. So, boy, that was that's a week. That was a week that I yeah. somebody has to experience. That was my favorite part about being the well, one of my favorite parts about being the fraternity was meeting other brothers from other chapters. Right. And their perspective and just automatic bond and respect from that. And the only thing, the only thing I ever got jealous of seeing like legitimate fraternity houses, like living in a mansion yeah. or, uh, you know, geez, memories that. Yeah. Time. Yeah. And that was one of the cool parts about when I was actually at Penn state. Cause you know, they obviously, you know, your big 10 school, they have their huge mansions mm-hmm. and stuff. So just driving around. I mean, uh, if you took, a right, right out of where I was staying. That's where all the houses were. And they were huge. I mean, letters on top and just, you could tell that, you know, you have 30 or 40 people living there. I mean, they were, they were super nice. I saw the Theta Chi one. Uh, unfortunately, no one was there because we don't have a chapter right now. Um, mm. So they're running it out to some people so they could pay the bills. But yeah, it was awesome seeing all those mansions. I didn't get to go inside, but they all look super nice. Well, I definitely hope we make the comeback. And, you know, one last thing I want to say before we um, go to, our, to another topic, you know, with in Greek life in general, you know, something that I uh, had to really battle with as a chapter president and um, I'm sure every other fraternity, both for sororities and fraternities, is the Greek life stereotype being heavy partiers, you know, getting in trouble and stuff like that. And that's not what most of them was all about. It's really like that three percent can you say like to my audience or whoever or whomever's listening you know the true benefits of greek life as a whole and why they shouldn't be so stereotyped 
Yeah, I mean, the first thing I'm gonna I'll point out is you know you just you know meet some of the best friends you'll you'll ever meet. I mean, here we are right now mm-hmm. doing this podcast. Exactly. This wouldn't have happened if I joined one. Um, you know, the networking is something that's incredible, and you know, uh, I could I could look up or wherever I go in the country, I could look up to find some brothers, and there'll be people I can meet up with, and it won't be weird because I'll say, hey, I was in Theta Chi obviously you are as well, you know, let's uh, mm-hmm. grab some dinner and it won't even be weird or awkward because, you know, we right. had that connection there. Um, and as well as, you know, just things like you, you learn a lot about yourself, a lot of like skills that will better you leadership skills, um, professional development kind of skills. You know, I know being present, I think I became more of a professional as a person doing that. Um, you know, you have, you could take a officer role. So that, that stuff's awesome. Um, I really think that you improve yourself. You learn about a lot about yourself as well as, you know, especially our chapter, a very diverse chapter, a lot of mm-hmm. different kinds of people, different backgrounds, interests, whatever it may be. And, you know, you really learn a lot about yourself being around people that are different than you. And I think personally, that was my biggest benefit from being in one is I learned about myself from being with, around people that were just way different than me. And, you know, learning from them about their life and, incorporating it to mine and, and seeing the things I have and I don't have and what I should be grateful for and maybe things I should strive for and to work harder for. So that was honestly the biggest benefit to me. That was a beautiful answer. It's all about that personal and professional development you get out of it. And someone who's also been in those shoes, I really believe that was the best thing I got out of it. And, you know, still staying in touch like this and being able to really uphold myself especially in a social level that, you know, obviously not the partying social level, but the actual interactions. And uh, as you mentioned, networking and yeah, being a professional. So words can't describe how much I agree with that. Yo. So one short subject, I I just have to know this because this is actually a question I've wanted to know for years. Right. So your nickname in college often was plunger. Uh, That was my nickname. How did you get that nickname? So I can't remember exactly who it was. Um, I want to say it was Julian Aaron, but I can't really remember. Uh, shout mm-hmm. out to him. Yeah. Um, so yeah, he kind of just, you know, my last name is Unger. And at the time I was pledging and he kind of put two and two together, pledge <laughs> Unger, plunger, and it stuck. And everyone started calling me that. I mean, he told <laughs> some girls in, in the sororities and they started calling me that. And at first I hated it. Like there was nothing more that I hated than being called that. But at the end I was like, you know what? Like, it's not going to go away. So you just got to accept it and, and live with it. So I kind of just owned it. And everyone, I mean, I'd walk across campus and people would be like, Oh, what's up plunger and <laughs> or plunge, restoring to plunge, plungy, King plunge, you know, however you want to say it. So I kind of just owned it ran with it. And then, uh, yeah, when I became president, I was like, all right, I made a joke at chapter. I was like, enough plunge. It's King plunge now. Cause I run hey. this thing. And everyone started laughing and yeah, so I, I had fun with it and yeah, it was, it was definitely, uh, iconic for me. Uh, something I'll remember my college time as, and you know, even the field execs, I told them that story and they'll call me that. So yeah, it's, I owned it and honestly it's almost who I am. So and yeah, it's a great I, I ended up coming to love it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, man. You know, like that's like me been called my first and last name throughout my whole life. You know, I haven't really heard it as much. Even, you know, I'll even get called at work when I'm PAing and stuff, just Matt Brown, Matt Brown. And I just accept it too. And, you know, my Maddie B figured this is my name as a young person. <laughs> I figured, right. I mean, people can still call me that forever. And it's like, um, 
But it's like when you call dude Robert Bobby in that phase of his yeah. life. That's why I, I love the Maddie B and uh, Ed. Uh, I figure that will end when I'm a, my father or something. And then I'll just right, be Matthew right. again or Matt. <laughs> so I know all about those nicknames. And one of the things when I talk to um, people from college is figuring out the uh, decoding nicknames. Like we talked right. about the infamous Fitzjimmies. <laughs> yeah <laughs> that was uh, a funny one second the second time you know i got i actually got <laughs> i had the emily fish jimmy's reach out to me about that i haven't talked to her in a long time i've had other people a few others listeners ask about that so it's funny how these nicknames are getting decoded i have some more t- yeah, you can't even control it. People, people run away with it and, and just go with it, and it'll make them laugh. And one, once they think it's funny, there's no turning back. So, <laughs> but yeah, it, it was I. It was funny, and I, I went with it. So, yeah, well, we, we'll see why it goes away. You know, I still if I visit there, talk to them on Facetime, they still call me Plunge Plunger. Mm-hmm. So, it is what it is. It's funny though. So I, I can't I can't be mad if it's funny. Boy, we know we know some bad nicknames that have been thrown through the years. Yeah. So, who has not good. That's all that means. No. <laughs> Luckily, we don't have that or coconut head or. Ugly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, exactly. so let's let's talk some more sports. You're saying it's a sports fan, so. Right. You're a Jets fan, right? Unfortunately. Jets fan. You're a Yankee fan. Yeah, um, Yankee fan. You Knicks fan too for the basketball. I know you're a basketball fan, but do you really have a team or? Oh. Honestly, I mean, I, I really started to like the Miami Heat after the run they had in the bubble. Um, you know, ever since when I was younger, the New Jersey Nets moved over to Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. I kind of haven't had an NBA team because I felt betrayed. That was our only. Yeah. Well, we have the New Jersey Devils too, but I'm not really much of a hockey guy. Mm-hmm. So after that, and you know, I wasn't going to jump on their bandwagon because they left me alone in New Jersey and. <laughs> I wasn't going to be a Knicks fan because they weren't very good. Um, so I kind of just um, – I'm a big college basketball fan. I've liked yeah. Michigan. Um, so yeah, I like them for football too. and basketball. So um, I like a lot of the teams that the Michigan guys are on. But, um, you know, the Miami Heat have a lot of lovable players like Tyler Hero, Jimmy Butler, Duncan Robinson. Bam, um, I buy know, they're, they're a lot of funny guys. Bam, yeah. So I like – you know, you listen to their interviews. They're very funny guys. So uh, it's tough not to root for the Miami Heat. So I've started to like them a little bit, but – I don't want to be considered a bandwagoner, so that's why I won't say I'm a Miami Heat fan, but I guess I could say I respect them as a team. But, yeah, I love Michigan basketball. That's like when I uh, talk about basketball, it's my go-to. We lost the March Madness this past season, and hopefully they can find the miracle to get it back. Who are some of the uh, top recruits people should pay attention? Who do you think on the Michigan team could be an NBA star or compete in the NBA yeah, um, honestly, uh, I mean, they got a nice uh, recruiting class. Um, I know they got Juwan Howard as their coach. His son came in as a freshman. Yeah. Um, so that should be cool to watch, the father-son story. I mean, he's not really much of a top recruit, but, you know, it's always nice to see that. The Austin um, Rivers to Doc Franz, type. Yeah, exactly. Um, they have Franz Wagner, who's from Germany. Um, his brother, Mo mm. Wagner, plays for the Washington Wizards. Um, he's a sophomore this year. He's a pretty good player. Um, Isaiah Livers is a fifth-year senior, uh, small forward, power forward. Um, he's a pretty talented player. Um, you know, they lost their point guard in their center from last year, so that should be pretty tough to overcome. Mm-hmm. Um, but they, they should be a solid team this year. I don't think they'll be, you know, national toe contenders, but they'll be, they'll be in the tournament like five, six seed. They should be pretty tough to beat. 
as long as you get the tournament, like you know, you hard. If they ever make the tournament, it'll be yeah. a rite of passage. <laughs> exactly. No one will see that one coming. And we, you know, that was the one thing that also, you know, I go going back to when we left school. So, um, you know, they were in the conference tournament when when yeah. all the universities got shut down, and they won an upset in the semifinals to go to the conference finals. They were a game away from their first March Madness appearance, and they lost. And I remember, you know, we were all about to go to the bar. Um, it was like one of the last nights we had of school. So we were all like, you know, we need to go to the bar one last time, all the seniors. Um, and as we're, you know, in the, in my apartment pre-gaming, you know, doing all that stuff, um, John, uh, John Gallagher, the coach of Hartford and Malik Ellenston, who was the star player last year, both were on sports center. So I was probably the only people they were able to get since they're local in Connecticut and talking about, yeah. you know, you guys were almost going to go to the, uh, the tournament for the first time. You were a game away and it just got shut down and that's not going to happen now. So I'll never forget that as one of my last college memories was, uh, you know, waiting, waiting to go to the bar and seeing Hartford on sports center, which probably <laughs> has never happened before. I remember like those, the tail end once everything got shut down. I remember going out that Friday and it was like that Tuesday when they, it was like, if I remember correctly, it was Friday went to the bar with the and couple people then it was like that tuesday or wednesday nba shuts down and everything ends and right. i remember the news was on in the bar i was like boy that's how you know on a friday night they lose <laughs> those boards this is what they're watching <laughs> yeah oh boy yeah I, I remember that you know other sports you know yeah so you say yankees i love um Jets, unfortunately, Michigan. Uh, yeah, let's, I've become uh, a huge UFC fan over the the past two years. I'm I'm really big on UFC now for sure. You saw that fight with Khabib and uh, ended. Oh it, ended yeah, that was top. heartbreaking. That was I was so. I mean, he's actually my favorite fighter. So mm-hmm. um, it was very nice. It was a dominant win. It was awesome. Um, and I was over here in Indiana, um, my roommate and one of the guys from the other condo, I was, you know, high-fiving them. They're not really UFC fans. So they thought I was crazy. just going nuts. <laughs> and then after he was saying, you know, I retire, I can't fight without my father because his father just recently passed. And yep. I went from hyped and going nuts to just silent jaw drops, you mm-hmm. know, in seconds. So that was very sad to see, but you know, a great career he had greatest of all time, uh, or at least one of them. So. But yeah, that that was an awesome uh, scene to watch. Who's a fighter you're into? Who who's gonna replace Khabib as your favorite active fighter right now? <sighs> That's a tough question. Um, yeah, you know, I like Francis Ngannou. He's a heavyweight. Uh, mm-hmm. He's just got crazy power. I mean, his last fight, um, the guys you know coming out, kicking him, punching him, and he didn't do anything. And then all of a sudden, he just started berating the guy and throwing <laughs> punches crazy. He probably threw six punches and only landed one, and that one punch knocked the guy out to sleep. So, yeah, he's just an exciting fighter to watch. I'd probably have to go with him. That's how you get it at the end of the day. That's what's funny about, you know, UFC and boxing, where if you're going by a point system, it's up in the air. You just knock them out, you automatically win. Exactly. Uh, Yeah, and I I have a lot of respect for Dana White, the way he runs things and just how – you know, how much he doesn't care about what other people say. He does it his way, and if you don't like it, hop off the, off his ship, and he'll do him. And he's been, especially with the, the pandemic, he's been super successful in getting yeah. things going. So, yeah, I have, I know you met him too, so I have yeah, the most respect for that guy. I was about to, yeah, I was about to say, I, I met Dana White during my senior trip. We were in Boston, and whatever the Central Park version of Boston is, 
I think it, right. I, don't, I don't know what that I don't know what that town is, the uh, I don't know what that park's called. Sorry for my Boston fans, but he was literally just chilling, walking. I was chilling with Sam and Brad, and you know we were definitely a bunch of drinks in. And we just say, hey, look, it's Dana White. He was chilling. And we just went up to him like, I guess it was the tipsiness because I'm afraid to meet celebrities. <laughs> I just like working with them. But if I see them on the street, you know, I know to like keep my distance unless they like deliberately say what's up. But anyways, yeah, he just goes and I, I approach the guy. We approach him. He say, what's up? You want to take a picture? And like there is some confusion. So if you see the picture, I'm taking a selfie with Dana, but Brad and <laughs> but Brad and Sam are looking at someone taking the other picture. So it looks pretty selfish, but you know, <laughs> hey, we got it's the iconic. Time there. Yeah, what a moment! And How moment, was he meeting him? Was he a cool guy? Oh my god, yeah, he was the homie. Talked to us for a good couple minutes. That was right before they announced McGregor and Floyd the boxing oh, wow. match and he was just so wholesome everyone's talking to him you know he didn't really have no bodyguards around him or nothing right. i mean they were he had a little bit of like a small entourage but like nobody like he wasn't timidy he was really approachable and a man of the people and i love him for that man right yeah no i i he's a great guy just listening to his interviews and stuff i mean he does things his way and and you know he uh you know, that's the only thing you could tell from his interviews and stuff. He he wants to just be a normal person. While yeah. he has all this money and fame, um, you know, he he likes to just go about his life as normal. And, you know, obviously live luxurious because he has all that money. But, uh, yeah, you know, see, like seeing him somewhere in public in Boston doesn't surprise me at all because you could tell that's the person he is. Absolutely. You know, he dapped us up. He said, what's up? Nice big smile. Definitely probably my best celebrity encounter ever. And I'm jealous. <laughs> oh, your time's going to come, man. I don't know. Yeah. Always in them. But, you know, the other thing about Dana, he made you UFC starts at 93. And by time 2020, it's a big deal. It's a lead in sports center. People care for the humongous fights, the big headlining fights. He's made stars out of, you know, whether it's Conor McGregor or Chuck Liddell or John Jones. Uh, you, as you mentioned, could be, he made in less, in less than a few decades, UFC a big deal. Like, and it's, it's there. Those big fights are events now with what boxing sadly used to be. I think slot boxing slowly making a comeback with, you know, Tyson Fury and Right. G and so, but they still, it's still about UFC. It's all about that. Exactly. And he just got that deal with uh, ESPN. So the company's mm-hmm. just gone up ever since that. And it's at all time high right now, the company. So um, yeah, I, I've been, you know, I'd say probably, you know, end of junior year, I started really getting into it. And now, you know, I just look on my phone for the updates, watch YouTube videos of, you know, analysts talking and stuff. I mean, I, I love that stuff. And it helps because, you know, all you know, the Jets aren't good at mm-hmm. all. The Yankees disappointed me, and you know it's tough to be disappointed with UFC because it's individual fighters. So, uh, you know, it hasn't really let me down yet. You ever look at Joe? You you Joe Rogan fan? I love Joe Rogan. So you must really like his MMA, the extra MMA stuff with that too. Oh yeah, he's, he's another one like Dana White. Yeah, he he doesn't care what people think of, of oh. what he does. I mean, he has had his uh. His podcast had Kanye West on and everyone mm-hmm. was going crazy about that. And, you know, had some deep talks, as you can imagine, having Kanye on there. But, yeah, I love Joe Rogan. He's, he's great. Usually he's on my wall right here. I have him twice right there and then right there. How could he have a podcast oh, all without 
without him. So, um, right, right. Man, can't get enough of the homie. So, um, let's talk about the Jets. <laughs> let's do how it. You, how you Jets faded this? All right, where do we where do we start? Jets at this moment of this recording, our own seven. They're about to play the Chiefs. At the moment, That's the spread is 22. 22 points. It should be higher. I mean, that's that's somewhat a risky number if you're going to rate that. Three touchdowns. I mean, reckon the Jets are the Jets, the Chiefs are the Chiefs. Yo, that's that's quite a spread <laughs> to to hold on. And, uh, man, like, with the Jets, what are, let's start with this. What has disappointed you the most with the Jets in the literally – some are literally calling this the worst season ever. And that's saying yeah. something. I think it would be easier to say what hasn't disappointed me because mm-hmm. there's very few things there. I mean, their offense is terrible. Their defense is terrible. Their coaching is terrible. I like the general manager, Joe Douglas. I think, you know, he's you a smart guy, very well respected. Um, I think he has a lot of, you know, he knows how he wants to build the team, um, you know, around the O-line and D-line, building the trenches. And I, I think that's definitely, you know, you look at the successful teams, obviously you need a good quarterback. But after that, you know, it starts in the trenches. Um, and yeah, I just, acting I mean, does look like a, the, the, a win for these guys. He does. I mean, the thing is, you know, they just have no big name players, no way to be, be scared of. I mean, they got rid of Le'Veon Bell, um, you know, Sam Darnold. I, I couldn't feel worse for anybody than I do for him. Cause I mean, he just, I mean, you look at the play calling. Mm-hmm. I was watching a video on YouTube the other day doing breakdown of the film. And there were like four plays where they were being blitzed and they were in max protection to try to, you know, stop the blitz and, and cover it. And so they had two receivers drawing routes, which isn't a lot. And those guys weren't even running short routes. They were going deep and were covered. So Sam Donald had nothing to do but to sit there and take a sack. And he couldn't even throw it away because the, the O-line already let the, the defense get to him. So, I mean, they're just – I mean, I like Mekhi Becton. Um, Denzel Mims is another rookie they just drafted in the second round wide receiver. I think he's got a lot of potential and could is be he, really good. Is he going to start this week? Is he finally starting? He, yeah, so in? he started uh, last week was his first game of the year. He uh, just came back from injury. And he, you yep. know, he started um, first half, had four catches, around 40-ish yards uh, with Tredavious White, one of the better corners in the league, covering him. Yep. And the second half, the play calling just, mm-hmm. I don't know what happened to it. It went terrible, and he didn't even get a target. So, um, yeah. Well, he the, will get the I start, mean, though, at least. Oh, yeah, he will get the start. Okay. I, I, Adam Gase just... I don't know how this man still has the job. I mean, mm-hmm. the fact that he's still coaching and the Jets haven't fired him yet after all the embarrassing losses they have taken. I mean, I don't know what you're waiting for. I don't know what you expect's going to happen. They're just going to keep losing. And I don't know, it's just such a big disappointment. I honestly, I watch it and I cheer for whoever they're playing so we can get a higher draft pick at this point because they're just a mess. Would you be okay? If you see the Jets go 0-16, only two other teams – well, only one team went 0-16 in the Lions, and the other winless team was the Tampa Bay Buccaneers back in the 70s. They went 0-14. Right. Um, would you be okay with that as a fan? Because you're At definitely getting point, number one. Yes. Yeah. At this point, yes, because it's not like we're making the playoffs, so any wins we get are meaningless. Um, you know, as much as I want to see, I'm a big supporter of Sam Darnold. I believe in all this is his fault. It's kind of everyone else around him. Um, but you know, getting Trevor Lawrence would be awesome. I mean, he's a generational talent, so I, I wouldn't even, I couldn't be mad if we got him and had to move on from Sam Darnold, but 
at this point, a win means nothing. The season's over, you know, and it's not like you look at their schedule. It's not like there's any beatable teams <laughs> for them. I mean, they have a really tough schedule for the rest of the season. So I think it's going to happen and I'm okay with it. I've kind of accepted it weeks ago. That probably will end up happening. So, and yeah. you, you know, one thing, one common thread was talking to a few people. Uh, my brother, with some of the brothers, talked to some of my other buddies. Who uh, I talked to the guy who works for the Pac-12, and he even said that, uh, or he works for he works for SiriusXM on the Pac-12 network, and he even right. said that um, he he believes in Sam Donald. He actually watched him because he had to watch him for work. So you would be okay. You'd would you sorry. I should say, would you be down if they get Trevor Lawrence? You obviously can't have both. I mean, you can, but that that's It'd not going to work. For yeah, so yeah. You, you'd be down. So you would be down to get Trevor Lawrence if the opportunity presented itself. And if yeah, he, I'd be down. I mean, I think he's probably going to be a better quarterback at the end of his career than Sam Darnold would. I still think Sam Darnold could be a great quarterback. He has the talent and the mentality, um, but. The thing that I, the way I look at it is that they have all these draft picks and they could be building, you know, gang receivers for Darnold, getting an O-line for Darnold, you know, getting some support mm-hmm. for him. Instead, they're going to need to use their highest draft pick, their their best value pick on another quarterback and not the talent around the quarterback, which that's the only part about it I don't like. But at the end of the day, I think that Trevor Lawrence has potential to be an all-time great. I mean, he's shown it ever since he was a recruit in high school and he's continued to live up to that status. So it, it would be hard to be angry about getting Trevor Lawrence just because, you know, the talent he has and things he's done. He's been in the spotlight for a long time. Um, so I, I think, you know, being in the spotlight since high school will help being in a media like New York and, yeah. you know, where the fans are so aggressive and stuff. So I wouldn't be mad if they got him. I'd be sad to see Sam Donald go, but I understand and, if they if they had the first pick and passed up on Trevor Lawrence, that would show that there's bigger issues than I thought. <laughs> and you, you and you're definitely down with uh, getting. You mentioned you, you don't know how Adam Gates has a job and whether it is because you know say they fire him, they put someone in the interim, and they get a few wins. That's farther away from your draft pick <laughs> if you want right. Trevor, taking for Trevor, but um, or the I, I don't know. We all know Chris Johnson is. Questionable owner. Yeah, he's <laughs> clueless. And Adam Gase, I mean, I, I, don't, I don't, I don't think he knows football. Like that, that's a takeaway <laughs> I get from watching him. I mean, he looks like he's on the field and he's calling plays like he found them in Madden, and it's just not working. <laughs> and he's not, he's not changing his game plan. He's just doing the same stupid stuff. I mean, I guess if you're trying to tank, keep the guy because he'll keep losing games for you. So. <laughs> But, I mean, I don't, I don't know how – I mean, I wouldn't even hire him to coach my high school football team. Like, I think he's that <laughs> bad of a coach. He's just uh, – I don't know. I, I just can't understand how he still has a job. He's calling the engage eight. <laughs> right. Yeah, I've made a joke actually with Teddy. Um, I was like, you know, I'm going to go on Twitter, make a fake Twitter account that's going to be an Adam Gase burner and, you know, comment all these good <laughs> things. And I haven't ended up doing it. I'm probably not going to do it, but I thought it'd be funny if I was like, yeah, I'm he's a great coach. It's not his fault. You know, blame some other people and, you know, get some, some wild people on Twitter to be like, that's Adam Gase. That's him. It's a fake account. You know, <laughs> just to mess around. But you, You're the next Barry. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I have to ask you, I heard there was some Twitter controversy after the Jamal Adams trade or, right. 
did you like say like what if you don't mind me asking did you say like did you have a controversial take that wasn't bad or anything but you know twitter's uptight with everything now right yeah i mean i hate how players are turned to twitter and now for the jets it's been their their two star players and Le'Veon bell and jamal adams that oh yeah just Le'Veon bell twitter yeah. Yeah, both of them. I don't like how they're doing that. You know, it's very unprofessional. Um, that, that's not how you should carry your, how you should handle your business. Um, you know, at first with the Jamal Adams thing, I was like, if we if we get rid of this guy, that is the stupidest thing I've ever done because he is, in my opinion, the best defender in football. I mean, that guy is an animal. Yep. And I, I was like, you know, he needs to stop being a baby. He needs to be a man about this and, and stop tweeting his frustrations. And he kept going and going and going. And at one point I thought to myself, you know what, let's just get rid of him. And then again, I turned back on that. Like, you know, if we get rid of him, that's the most talented defender in the league that we're getting rid of. And, you know, I was, I was pleased with the, the trade that they made because they got good return for him. They got, you know, starting safety, a uh, few first rounders, second rounders. So I was happy with the return they got, but you know, they, I mean, they lost a generational talent right there, a difference maker on the field. And it's shown in their defense this year because they're very similar uh, personnel that they had last year. And it's nowhere near the, the performances that they had last year. So it just goes to show how good a player he is. Didn't the Jets go 7-9 and nine last year? That seems they like did. that's quite the record compared to what you have. A game under five, well, two games under 500. But, um, oh, boy, dude. What about – What a circus. So who do you want as the Jets' next coach? There's a lot of interesting candidates out there. You know, if you're yeah. going with Eric Bieniemy, the core – Offensive coordinator of the Chiefs, maybe Jason Garrett, offensive coordinator of the Giants, uh, the coordinator from the 49ers. I can't think of the guy's name at the moment. He was a hot name out there. Um, right. If you want to go with Lincoln Riley and steal him from college or Harbaugh from right. from Michigan, Harbaugh. Yeah. Is there um, is there anyone you like would like to see or you just want the right guy? So Bianami, as you mentioned, I think he's great being in Andy Reid's offense and learning from Andy Reid. Um, I think he could be great. Um, I also think that um, I can't remember his name, but the Bills offensive coordinator, he's been awesome this year. He's really built the offense around Josh Allen and, and playing oh, to his talents. My. Yeah, so I like him a lot. Um, and outside the box thought that I've had, um, just stopped coaching in college, but Urban Meyer is kind of my like wishful thought. Um, <laughs> Probably a little bit unrealistic, but I think he'd be awesome. Hardball, I want to stay away from because I think he's an underachiever. Um, <laughs> and he has been ever since that Super Bowl appearance. So I'm trying to stay oh, away from Hardball. I have enough of the, you know, had enough of that. But yeah, I mean, uh, the enemy would be my top choice. Urban Meyer also, but I doubt we'll get him. Lincoln Riley would be great. Um, <laughs> but I'm expecting, I mean, if they let Joe Douglas make the hire, the GM. Uh, to make the hire, I think he'll make the right choice because he knows what he's doing. He's a smart guy. He's very well respected. Um, if they let Chris Johnson make the hire, it's going to be <laughs> another Adam Gase type of coach that's just going to do nothing and let everyone down. You know, you remember that rumor? Um, and nothing against against this person when there was for some reason a report that the Browns were considering Consley's or Rice as their head coach. And uh, for the Browns, and nothing wrong. She's a very accomplished woman. She did a lot for the United States. Great. But, you know, she doesn't have any NFL experience whatsoever. So right. that's who Chris Johnson will hire. <laughs> it won't surprise me. I mean, 
Yeah, and no disrespect to her at all, but, you know, she doesn't have the background or, or the experiences, never been a coordinator, uh, yeah. offensive, defensive, special never teams. Never been whatever. a coach. Yeah, never been a coach. So that, that would have been insane. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if Chris Johnson did something as stupid as that to get someone just with no coaching credentials to run the show. He'll hire himself. He'll uh, yeah. you remember that movie Little Big League? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was, For some reason, the twelve-year-old becomes the manager of the Twins, and I'll be manager. <laughs> yeah, that, that's something that that the Jets would do. I mean, I was speaking to someone, um, one of the guys that's in the fraternity now. Um, he's he's a sophomore, so he's a little bit younger, and mm-hmm. you know, he was very hopeful in the beginning of the season for the Jets. And I said, just wait, they're going to disappoint you. You know, I, I've seen it for years. I know you're a little bit younger than me, but I'm letting you know. And, you know, I just expect stupid things to come out of them. That's almost why I don't want them to get Trevor Lawrence because I'm almost thinking to myself, yeah, we'll get this great, talented quarterback and just ruin his career and, and let go to waste. People could argue that's what they've done to Sam Donald the first three years. He was, 100%. I mean, he, he was a highly touted pick. He wasn't, you know, he wasn't as, you know, Trevor Lawrence sounds like he's John Elway, Peyton Manning. But Sam Donald was right. like, and, you know, those big three, it was the big – was it the the big guys coming into that draft year? Baker, Josh Rosen. He's a now he's back with Tom Brady. Yeah. Uh, Tom Brady. Josh Allen. Josh Allen and Sam Darnold. Lamar Jackson and Lamar Jackson. The big five. We already know Lamar Jackson won the NFL MVP, but you know he can't really. He hasn't been proven to win the big games, especially in the playoffs. Josh Allen right. looks legit. He. I know he's he had a does. bad couple of weeks and. It's tough for me with fantasy, but um, he he's badass with his arm strength and legs. Baker Mayfield, I thought they ridden off, but somehow got five touchdowns last week, but he lost over right. from it. We have, you know, Josh Rosen isn't a starter, but who knows? Some people still still uh, still like him, and then we have, uh, you know, Sam Darnold, who won for somehow got mono. Right. Met with the wrong person there. Who and uh, <laughs> um, and yeah, it just he had his his injury problems, but you know he's a smart guy and people tout him. And uh, I hope he does well for him too because he's really got it. Seen to have the short end of the stick. Right. Yeah, he handles himself very well. I mean, the media has all the reasons to trash him and and give him a hard time and. You know, they even bring up that Trevor Lawrence is, you know, waiting behind if they get the first pick. And he's handled himself like a professional. So, mm-hmm. I, I'll give it to him. And that's why, you know, I respect him. I hope he stays a Jet because I like the way he handles himself, the way he he keeps himself as a professional and doesn't, you know, go to Twitter and, and crying his way to get traded. So, mm-hmm. I, you know, wherever he goes after, I'll always cheer for him. Even if it was the Patriots, I'd still cheer for him. Boy, the Patriots, they're 2-4. and four. The terribles have turned. They might trade. They might trade away. Um, St- Stephen Gilmore. Really, I, yeah. I heard that. You know who knows oh. who's on the block or what. And I figured that's a little premature. But um, yeah. What in the wow. world with the NFL? But it's so much fun. And thank goodness for doing their best to get through. Yo, it's man, good to have it back. Absolutely. Now, why don't we talk some baseball? Both Yankee fans. Let's Yankee do it. Hat. So, there it is. Uh, I it's fair to say that the last three years, 
have been an exciting time, but now it's getting kind of old, these horrible playoff losses. Whereas this right. the year of close with no cigar. I mean, Chapman has a reputation now. Two season-ending home runs. Two. Terrible. And if if he if they messed up with the Cubs, he just tied the game. He clearly, I think, third three times a charm shows he cannot pitch in the big game. Why should anybody trust him ever again? Honestly, and it's sad we resigned him and we're stuck with him for two years. But um, before I get into that, what how are you feeling about this Yankee team moving forward after losing a tough ALDS? Right. I mean, the one thing with the Yankees when I look at them is I feel like, you know, especially hitting-wise, they have a lot of similar bats. I mean, you got Judge, Stan, Luke Voigt, who are all kind of – and even Gary Sanchez, I'll throw in that mix. They're mm. all, you know, home runner strikeout kind of guys. And, you know, you, and all you, need, you need balance. Yeah, they're all righties. You know, that, that was the other thing I was going to mention. They need some lefties. I mean, Gardner's their only lefty in the lineup, and then you have Hicks, who's a switch hitter. Gardner's old. He's not the same Gardner he used to be. And Hicks, I like. I think he played really well in the postseason. Um, I'd love to see them bring Didi Gregorius back and, and shift over Glaber to second base mm-hmm. again, just to get another lefty bat in the lineup. Um, as well as I'd love to see them keep Clint Frazier in the lineup for good because I think he deserves it. And he's a, uh, you know, he'll get his hits. He'll put the ball in play. So I think he he uh, deserves it. Um, honestly, I love Luke Voigt. He's one of my favorite Yankees right now. Um, if we traded him, I wouldn't be upset, you know, move LeMahieu over to first base, um, and, you know, get rid of one of those home runner strikeout guys. Um, I, I won't have a problem with that if it did happen as much as I, I love the guy as a player. Um, but also health has been a huge issue for them. They just keep getting hurt every single season and they can't stay healthy and the best ability is availability as we know. So they, they need to really figure some things out, get some diversity in their lineup, um, of, of, you know, different kinds of hitters that could do different things and some lefties, some righties and stuff, all righties. Um, yeah, I, they, they, need, they need to make some changes because clearly what they've been going with the past two, three, four years just isn't working. It's not going to win them a World Series. Nope, nope. We should um... – yeah, I'd be okay with trading Void too. I think number one priority is just re-signing DJ first and foremost. Of course, He won the batting title, and, you know, he's proven to be clutch. Like, you know, it's ironically one of my favorite Yankee home runs, even though he lost, was that game tying in game six last year. Right. It was just like, damn, he had it. And then we know Jose Jose Altuve with the buzzer. I don't care. I'm calling it. And, um, yeah, we just have to bring him back more than anything and let him play first. See, Glaber, Glaber just could not field this year uh, in the shortstop couldn't. position. He couldn't. And, uh, yeah, put him to second. It'd be great to have Didi back. Clearly that team, if it's almost, it's, that team is almost the exact same copy as last season before. You just right. don't have Didi. So, yeah, let's bring him back, get him that lefty. I don't know if Garter's staying, if they're going to exercise his option. I mean, wouldn't be surprised if they are moving on. But, you know. Neither would I. I like your idea for Clint Frazier, the starting left fielder. The only other thing I would say that'd be worth considering is getting Michael Brantley. He's going to be a free agent this year. He's a lefty bat. He'd be he a great get, addition. He and also um, great fielder, as you and, and you know, he's he bats from the left side. I think he's worth considering. Now, how about the pitching though? 
All right, we got Garrett Cole. Right. And Garrett Cole proved that he could pitch in the big game for us. He did his job in game five. We, the batters, didn't. So we're fine with him. Then the rest of the rotation really is up in the air. Um, Tanaka, do you bring Tanaka back? He's in the free agent. I think so. Personally, I think, you know, obviously Tanaka's a free agent as well as James Paxton. Yep. I think you bring one of those two guys back. I don't think you bring both back. Um, and if I'm choosing one over the other, I'm choosing Tanaka. He's been a Yankee longer. He's done better things for us. He's had some good performances in the playoffs. Um, he's definitely not, not the guy he used to be. Um, but he, he's a Yankee. He's a career Yankee. And, and sometimes you need that continuity on the team. Um, as well as you also get back Luis Severino, which yep. obviously is coming off a big injury, but he's shown that he had, he could be one of the top pitchers in the league. So that'll be a huge addition back. And I'm not sure what the situation is with Domingo Herman. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, he got into some trouble, did, did some not, not okay things. Um, but if he does return, which there, there's a pretty good chance of it, um, you know, he also has potential to be a really good pitcher, as he's shown in the past. Um and then, you know, uh, Davey Garcia, the, the rookie mm-hmm. this past year, I think he, he's a stud. And I think he has potential to be an ace in the league. Um, and, you know, that was one of the most questionable things they did was taking him out in that playoff mm-hmm. game. Um, I was actually having this talk with my roommate here today, how much I hate how analytics is taking over the game. Oh, my it's God. Just bringing up some of the worst coaching decisions I've ever seen. Let's, let's, let's dive into that because yesterday the World Series ends game six. Dodgers win their right. World Series in 32 years. So, like you said, you analytics, I've always hated analytics. I don't see the point in it. I think it's too complicated. It makes the game so unattractive to a casual person because there's just all these, just these dumb sorts, whether it's war or batting average plus on base plus swinging and launch angles and stuff like that. It, it's, it's, I understand it's done all some stupid things. to me. Yeah, and it really doesn't really add up to uh, to championships. I think I think it's fine for the regular season, and I say fine very, very, um, very lazily, for lack of a better word, because you know right. it is what it is. But like, but we see the ultimate thing that happens. So, game game six, Blake Snell's pitching literally the game of his life to keep his team alive for game seven. 70 pitches in in the sixth inning, only one single given up, and Kevin Cash takes him out. And then what happens? He brings in his bullpen, give up three runs, and they can't hold it back, and they straight up lose the World Series. And it is probably because Kevin Cash takes out his best pitcher simply because what a computer or some some big-ass some big ass folders say, you need to take him out because of this. When the guy's, again, pitching his life out, and who gives a fuck what the uh, analytics say? This is the World Series. You have to go with gut on something like this, you know? Right. Yeah, and I mean, that's the thing. You want your, your big players, uh, and, and you want them up and, and going in the big moments. And it was a big moment, and they went away from their, their big-time player. I mean... I, it just makes no sense to me. I mean, you know, going back to the Yankees, you know, you saw Brett Gardner bat three a handful of times during the season. <laughs> Brett Gardner is the furthest thing from a three hitter. You know, you have him up in a big situation at the end of the game when it could be Glaber Torres up instead. And, mm-hmm. you know, you can't tell me you'd rather have Brett Gardner at bat ever over Glaber Torres, but 
Aaron Boone went with that lineup. I mean, and last night you saw it. I mean, exactly as you said. And, you know, if you really believe in analytics, you might as well have a robot coaching the team and, and not coach it yourself. Because if you're going to listen to computers, that, that's who's coaching the team, not you. And yep. I think uh, Kevin Cash loses a lot of credibility for that because, you know, your best pitcher is pitching his life away, pitching the game of his career. And there was you can't give me one good reason to take him out of that game. And nope. who knows? There, there could have been a game seven going on if they didn't do that. So I just I, – I mean, I get it. I get you want to look at the stats and, you know, who does what in what situations and when they'll come at that. But, you know, at the end of the day, you know, writers will get most of that obviously as they're higher up in the lineup. You want your best hitters up in that situation. And, you know, managers are starting to go away from that because, as you said, what the computers are telling them. And it just doesn't make sense to me. I mean, I, I go by talent over and, and what you do. And, I, and you know what? If you're, if you're that good of a player, the analytics should show it. Yeah, and – that's you know when people are talking about this at the end of the day when you're kids when you know when you're a grandpa someday and you're talking about the 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 judge years and stuff like that and you're it's like you don't talk about his war you don't talk about his batting average plus slugging percentage you talk about the world no. series they won that amazing play that happened that incredible moment you don't care about the the stats like oh right. my god the the people who try to defend it are that's why baseball stuff like that. And I understand why baseball isn't as popular as it used to be. Right. It's a sport. It's not math, but it's a sport. You know? Exactly. You're, you're doing physical activity. You're not, you're not looking at equations, you know, it just doesn't <laughs> add up to me. No pun intended there. <laughs> and it, like, it proves that it doesn't win championships. It might win you games no. in the regular season, but not championships. And that's all it is exactly. at the end of the day. And the Dodgers showed that. I mean, you look at their lineup, you know, they had their top players that you have at the beginning of a lot of bets and Seager and, you know, um, Justin Turner. Those yep. guys are at the top of the lineup. I mean, Cody Bellinger was struggling, so they put him batting six. And you know what? They won the World Series because they went with, you know, the top talent on their team, the best performers that have been consistently hitting throughout the season at the beginning of the lineup. And, you know, you see what they did. I mean, yesterday there was a stat in the game showing that every single player on the team hit a home run in the in the playoffs. And that's not because of what a computer was telling them. That's because, yeah. you know, their, their coach put them in the right situation. I commend Dave Roberts for that. Finally got it. And it's good for baseball to have an L.A. team win. <laughs> right, yeah. Right. So L.A., uh, the Dodgers and the Lakers. That, now it's good that year is, to be in L.A. Boy, the, if only there wasn't a pandemic, like, that would be – heaven to go right paradise right first they'd be going nuts right there right now oh i can't wait for that yankee dodger world series someday i have to see that (laughs) one day hopefully next year absolutely so um what other so what else is going on in life do you binging anything right now um, I'm not, I'm not really binging much. I'll watch some movies. Uh, I just saw Borat 2 the other day. That What'd was you think of Borat one of the 2? funniest movies I've ever watched. I mean, as, as out of pocket as you can imagine. Um, and just when you thought that things were offensive and out of control, it only got worse and worse. <laughs> and honestly, it might be one of the funniest movies I've ever seen. I saw the first one and I, you know, I'm normally someone, if there is, I'm someone that normally if there's a second movie, I, you know, I don't think it's going to be that great, but that didn't let me down. Um, I also saw Hereditary, scary movie. Uh, 
almost shit myself watching that. Um, yeah, it is yeah, a right after that, scary called, movie. Yeah, that is terrifying. I literally called my parents after and told them I loved them because <laughs> I was so scared. I mean, <laughs> yeah, that was that was a great movie. But yeah, I've I've been watching movies, not really uh, as much mm-hmm. shows um, recently. I just yeah, what, what you have time I have a hard for. time staying focused. Yeah, exactly. And I just you know. I'll, I'll sit there watching something on Netflix and I'll start looking at my phone and get distracted easily. So that's why I stick to movies more. Dude, you know me and I've watched a lot of movies and uh, especially over the quarantine. And I love, and I'm like a big movie nerd. I know people don't go as deep as I do with it and we'll watch like black, a lot of black and whites, but I love right. my movies and stuff like that. You tell me, bro, could you tell me, <clears throat> some of your favorite movies uh, that's tough because you know i won't lie like when i was younger i didn't really watch a lot of movies i i never really was in, big into it um you know I, I like watching a lot of documentaries um especially you know being such a big sports mm-hmm. guy I like watching all that um so like money 30 ball, for 30 and stuff yeah um money ball is probably you know my favorite movie of all time just being such a big baseball fan and seeing the story of billy dean um i'd say that's probably my favorite movie of all time um, as far as a comedy, I mean, honestly, Borat 2 might be up there. That, that was honestly yeah. one of the funniest things I've ever seen. Um, yeah, I'd say, I'm trying to think. It's so tough. There's just so many of them out there, you know. Uh, it's t- tough to name them off the top of my head. But, yeah, I, I like, you know, I've just recently got started to really enjoy watching scary movies. You know, I, I yeah. used to always be too – I used to be afraid to watch them, and I started it in the – Invisible Man, that's a great movie. Not sure if you ever watched it. Yeah, with Elizabeth um, Moss. Yeah, yeah, that's a mm-hmm. great movie. Um, I heard good things about it. it. Yeah, it's not not as much scary. It's more just really suspenseful. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, so it always keeps your heartbeat going. I think that's a great movie. I'd say those are some of the top ones. Yeah, some of, like, with my, if we're sticking to scary movies, Shining, really, really suspenseful. Right. And that's a movie the internet loves, so you could get anyone to talk about who's seen it. A perfect time to watch this time of year. I saw that there's this movie called An American Werewolf in London, which is it's right. on HBO Max, and that's really intense and uh, pretty realistic of werewolves for real. Even though it's from the 80s, it's uh, still holds up and how good it is. I don't know if you've ever seen The Thing. Another eight on that. Really good. If you have Showtime, I think it's on that. And I think Showtime, it's on HBO Max. Right. Or HBO Max as well. Um, so you said you mentioned hereditary (laughs) you seen midsummer i haven't no that's another one same director did that it's just that's just really creepy have you ever seen the ritual the ritual no no that sounds another scary movie yeah it was it was pretty scary um they're kind of just like in the woods and going through some crazy adventure um don't want to say too much and spoil it but that's another good scary movie that i enjoyed watching you ever see um you ever see the conjuring i i actually you know it's funny because i saw the second one but not the first one <laughs> and i don't I didn't know, even know there was a happened, second one but or maybe i'm confusing it with something else mm-hmm. uh, i think i'm confusing it oh no wait not me. not the con yes yes okay yeah um how about uh you ever see cabin in the woods Cabin in the Woods, I feel like I have a while ago. It definitely sounds familiar. I can't remember off the top of my head. It's got the homie Chris Hemsworth in it. Um, 
and uh, uh, I don't think so. Then it's on Hulu. Uh, it's pretty. It's one of a kind. Only right. ninety minutes too, so you can bang it out easily. Right. Hmm, man. So, would you say that Hereditary is the truly the scariest movie you've ever seen? Yeah, and you know it's funny. It actually got brought up in a group chat that I'm in with a bunch of friends the other day, and like mm. everyone agreed with it. I mean, I, I forgot who brought it up, but someone said it, and everyone was like, "Oh, that movie was the scariest movie I've ever seen," and everyone was just, you know, saying the same exact thing. So I think I think I could list that as just uh, the scariest. I mean, for anyone that hasn't watched it, you know, definitely. Um, if you're not mentally fit to watch it, stay away from it because that movie's not for everybody. Which you, so sure. you don't suggest watching it at midnight in candlelight no and with, that's the, exactly with the speakers loud with the speakers that's exactly loud. what i ended up doing <laughs> it was so yeah so actually um you know over here in indiana over the summer um all of those field execs we'd all on sundays like a scary movie we barbecued together and i watch a scary movie at night um mm. which was pretty fun we did every weekend um and that one i mean so you know the lights are down it's nighttime out and you know we're all just sitting there watching it and that was I mean, every single person there was just terrified after and one only one person there had seen it and he was like guys like i'm warning you it's bad and everyone was like eh, how bad could possibly be we can handle this and little did we know little did we know you you know probably the scariest movie to me is and it's weird because like it's scary but not scary right. is the exorcist can you remind me what that is? I feel like that was one of them that we saw over the summer. Yeah, it's from the early 70s. It's a classic. It's an incredible movie. And it's about this girl who was possessed by the devil. And um, and she just gets so foul and freaky. And, like, it is a perfect movie to watch during this time of the year. But it will skip. I think it it depends. Like, it, it comes – remember, it came out in the 70s. So back then it was insane. And even right. they just say some stuff that is just not PC, like, like they, like the, uh, I remember the possessed kid calls the mom, the, you know, the C word, like, like what? And like, having I definitely did see stuff. that. Now you say it, it's coming back to me. Definitely, like again, see it, you know, three in the morning, candlelight, loudspeakers. Yeah. The thing with me and movies is like I have a hard time like unless except for funny movies that's like the ones that I just really remember mm. and then like other than that like you know with the exception of Hereditary I have a hard time just recalling what happened especially if it's a while after I've seen it you know yeah so that's why that's why with movies I, I end up struggling to, to remember and recall it you know time as time goes on right right personally so, yeah yeah what was the funniest what were some of the funniest movies you've seen recently? Uh, recently, um, well, the only funny movie I've seen recently Besides was definitely Borat too. Yeah, um, you know, growing up, uh, well, growing up, Grown Ups was my favorite movie. <laughs> uh, you know, comedy wise, it was just an all star cast. There yep. had a bunch of funny people. Um, so that was uh, that was probably um, you know from my childhood. Um, I'd say my favorite movie, and yeah, I've watched that with my family at least. 500 times like I'm, i can't even count um as well as you know uh i'm sure you've seen the tv show blue mountain state um <laughs> one of my favorite shows of all time in the movie i thought was just as funny blue mountain um, state. But yeah that's one of those that you know you need to watch the show to really understand it but 
I love that. So, and, and obviously, you know, uh, just coming out of college, you could really relate to uh, all the craziness that goes on because you're yeah. living around that daily. So that's a that's the funny one for me. Um, yeah, I'd say it was a top one. Grown ups, you know, that that's one that always be near and dear to my heart just because mm-hmm. I've seen it so much with my family and yeah, just all the memories of it. Um, I, I first saw it on my birthday after a baseball game and yeah, uh, with my team. So oh, yeah, you squatted out there. Yeah, so it was actually um me and one of the other guys on my team. Uh, we had the same birthday, so um, and then there was a drive-in theater um, ten minutes from where we were playing. So after the game, we as a team went for our birthday, um, and we we watched it together at the drive-in theater as a team, which was a very good memory of mine from my baseball career in my childhood. Yo, you know my favorite joke about grown-ups I've heard once. It, it was an honest trail and they said, oh, gro- here we go. Grown Ups 2, an all-star cast of comedians and Rob Schneider. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like the second one as much. Uh, it just wasn't as as funny as the first one. And as I said before, mm-hmm. I always think that the sequel is always going to be worse and let me down. Yep. Um, it, it was still all right. And Shaq was in it, which was funny. Shaq. And, you know. They had the the fraternity in the movie that was causing all the havoc. So that was a good one too. But yeah, I think the first one was a lot better and one of my favorites all time. I think some of the uh, the the rare good sequels, man. You're right. There's not a lot of them. Godfather two, uh, Toy Story right. two. Is that it? <laughs> all the Rocky movies you could go with. They're all classics. Yeah, we got um, we got uh. Yeah, Borat too. Really, I like Borat too a lot. I thought his daughter killed it. She stole the show. She was great. I I bet we'll see her going far places, and um, oh yeah, and also like some good commentary about the world we live in right now, especially too. You know, right? Yeah, and that I, that was one thing I liked about it. Um, is you know they they did include a lot of what's going you know with the elections with uh, the pandemic. They included a lot of that. Um, and and kind of made some parody about that. Um, so yeah, I like the inclusion of that. And it even, it really spoke to just how chaotic the worlds were in right now is the fact that they were able to easily make jokes out of it in a movie like Borat, you know, it just speaks to the world we're in now. So Borat 2, I'm gonna give spoiler alert, right? So here now, spoiler alert for Borat 2. Dude, the fax machine. (laughs) Oh my God. That part was great. I don't know if the guy was in it or not, but he definitely played it off and had some patience. The yeah. um, There's just so many quotes in there that only he can say, really. How about I think th- the funniest quote of the movie, and it's definitely a little inappropriate, but um, he's going shopping for the dress for his daughter. Mm-hmm. And the, the lady goes, so what kind of dress do you want? Borat goes, I need something that's going to say no means yes. I think that was probably the line of the movie. I lost it when they said that. I was like, and then she's <laughs> like, okay, brutal. I got something for you. That's, that's even scarier. He's like, okay, I got something. That was hilarious. That was probably like, honestly, one of the funniest lines I've ever heard. I lost it. Or then he's at the abortion clinic and he's like, I just want to do something <laughs> for my daughter. And then before you know, she got baby in her. I'm like, I put oh. the kid in her. <laughs> your daughter you speak of oh that movie was just i mean i don't whenever you thought it was brutal and out of pocket it just got worse dude you can look you know honestly look up youtube compilations of borat because you know he was there was a show ali g show that's where he became famous 
Right. And obviously right. the first bar. And he's in a, a clinic, like STD clinic. He's like, and he goes, doctor, this is the most serious face. The guy's like, and he says to him, he's like, I have, her, he's like, I have herpes. He's like, how'd you get that? I got that from my sister. And then he's like, well, you're telling me you had sexual relations with your sister? And he's like, yes, very nice. <laughs> very <High> nice. <laughs> yeah, no, like, he's great. Sasha Barry Cohen. He's honestly one, one of the best actors of all time, if you ask me. I mean, and he, he has never breaks character, which yeah. is incredible because he – I mean, even some of these things he's doing are real life situations, and he gets to legitimately concerned, like like security has to help him all the time. <laughs> you did? You, have you seen Bruno? I have not actually. No, it's funny. A lot of people haven't seen Bruno. I've talked, dude. I think it's on Prime. Like you gotta literally after this, after this, Jacob. I want you to look up Bruno. I th- I'm like confident. I can definitely check that out, dude. And it's it's also another like eighty minutes easy watch. It's just the same bo- thing yeah. as Bora, but a different character fooling the public. Like he wants, he plays this uh, he plays a um, he plays a gay fashion designer, right? And he goes to Al Qaeda, right? He finds this Al Qaeda terrorist. Again, spoiler for this, and he says to him to his face, "Yolita Osama." It looks like a homeless Santa Claus. <laughs> the guy tells her to get out. And he talks about it in David Letterman. Yeah, I had a legitimate national security, national homeless security had to help me because they're looking for That's me. funny. Yeah, another, that just reminded me. Another movie that I loved is uh, and one of my all-time favorites, uh, comedy-wise, You Don't Mess With The Zone. Uh, that's a, a great that one. I've only oh, seen that's like a, 20 that's minutes. funny. Yeah, a yeah, lot of people like a, that. Yeah, old Adam Sandler. So while he was still funny, and uh, yeah, that's a great one. I mean, he was just—he almost plays like a, you know, a character like that. Mm-hmm. That's you know, just foreign and says all these crazy things. Obviously, it's not in some real life situations. It's uh, all acting. But that's yep. another great one. You should definitely check it out. Sloan is in it from Entourage, right? <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> How about that, dude? Like, and then with. Uh... Dude, and yeah, I don't know if you saw Sacha Baron Cohen did a brief show for Showtime. Again, just showing off the election. It's called Who is America? And he had the real O.J. Simpson. And spoiler. Right. And he like, you know, <laughs> the joke is this is the real O.J. Simpson. He's out of jail. And he says like, and he's like, oh, you know, you're Buffalo Bill, a Buffalo Bill, right? See, I'm Buffalo Bill. And then he's talking to this girl. Like next to him in another language, like who was OJ? You know, this is OJ. He's like, ah, you know, <laughs> to his face, implying that. That's he asked, brutal. Did you kill anyone? I kill nobody. Like he, like he doesn't give a fuck. Yeah, and I'll also watch a lot of like comedy specials. So yeah, I just saw um, Eric Andre's comedy special. Yeah. I'm a big fan of him. Yeah, so I'll watch a lot of comedy specials. Joe Rogan, we were talking about him before. Mm-hmm. I watched his comedy special on Netflix. So I'll watch. I like a good laugh always, so I'll turn to those if I'm looking at something watching. Yeah, Eric Andre was the most recent one I watched, and obviously new new uh, season of his show came out. Yeah, I was going to ask. I haven't seen it yet. I haven't seen the new episodes yet. Have you seen a new Eric Andre show? Yeah, so only the first uh, episode has come out so far, but it's it's hilarious, and he, he does some brutal stuff on it. So as you can imagine, that's I what he does wait. best. But, but I saw yeah, that he, he's great. That Hannibal's not coming back this season. Yeah, he's he's gone. They, like he they legitimately had someone else. Gone. Yeah, um, 
That's a shame because they're a great dude. I don't know if you've ever seen, but look it up on YouTube. One, uh, they take over each other's Tinder accounts. Oh and yeah, they're just saying. Also, oh yeah, that's on. They're just they were a great duo together. I mean, they were able to feed off each other's energy. So this is God. Like, I, hey, I love them. I love the lines like, "Hey, can I have your social security number?" <laughs> <laughs> there was one thing he says, uh, "Match, I, I want you to fuck my wife." <laughs> and then and then the lady's going nuts and she's like okay and he's like uh uh this hasn't worked before i'll fuck your husband with just a bunch of questions i mean he's great he's hilarious yeah Man. no it's i love eric andre me too bro. personal favorite of mine i mean i like the stand-up special it was intense but um I like it. And I've been getting into stand really a lot of stand up too. And uh like you said, the Joe Rogan, Joey Diaz can't go wrong. Um, yeah. I like this girl, uh, Annie Letterman. She has some intense shows. She's on the rise. I've heard of her. Um Winnie Cummings is good. This dude Andrew Santino. I'm blink- oh Andrew Andrew Schultz. He he's great. Too. Yeah, Andrew he's Schultz. Funny as hell. He's I, great. I've seen he has some great internet commentary. Boy. Comedy, comedy, comedy. And Bill Burr, can't yeah. believe out Bill Burr. And Bill Burr. Reicher, uh, Dave Chappelle. Dave Chappelle, yep. Mm-hmm. All, all the classics there. I know another thing I'll recommend to you. So um, I found it on Netflix, just randomly scrolling through. So it's kind of like a, a comedy around the world thing. So like, mm-hmm. it's a documentary that they do. It honestly might have been Sacha Baron Cohen. I can't remember. Um, but yeah, so like they kind of, he kind of just goes like around the country and finds these different comedies and what, what's funny in different countries. So I can't remember what country it was, but somewhere in the middle East where they have their, um, police checkpoints on the roads. And it was a prank show that (laughs) they, you know, stop people for the checkpoint and they, you know, pretended that they'd say to the person, Oh, uh, we've detected that there's a bomb in your car. You mm-hmm. know, you're going to go to jail for your, for the rest of your life, this and that. And these people are crying and screaming and panicking. And then they're like, Oh, it's just a prank and point to the camera, you know, all, all stupid, but yeah, it, it was brutal. And they took it off the, the TV there, but yeah, that's, uh, that's a great watch. It's, uh, um, I think I'm it's a- called the dangerous world of comedy. I believe it was called, but yeah, okay. that's a great watch. Dude. I mean, and speaking of pranks, I mean, Eric Andre's pranks and we talked about the show before, like, the stuff this dude does, like, go on the subway and he's like, hey, yeah. I lost a job at Fruit Loops and pours milk yeah. and Fruit Loops yeah. in, like, the hottest day of the subway and just legitimately making people mad. Um, <laughs> the There's one up. he did on, uh, yeah, Bird Up's a great one. There's one he did on this show, not to spoil it, but this guy's just passed out drunk sleeping on the subway and he just takes out his pants and starts peeing on the guy on the <laughs> subway and everyone's, you know, going after him and... Only Eric Andre would do something like that. But, I mean, uh, he – I don't know. I don't know how people have the balls to do that stuff. And no. <laughs> just not worry about the consequences. Uh, I commend a, them for that. You know, him and Sasha Bear Cohen, they're very intelligent people. I don't know if you ever heard them in interviews they are. and stuff. Like, I think you have to be extremely smart to be aware of your what risk you're taking and stuff. <laughs> right. And uh, – <laughs> Dude. And they never seem worried that like no. these people are going to beat them up and come after them. I mean, yeah, you said perfectly there. You you need to be a genius to do this stuff or else mm-hmm. you're not going to get away with it so well. Dude, no, no, you won't. But yo, yo, Plunger, we've been at it for a nice hour and a half. 
got a lot of great things we're talking about. Before I wrap this up, is there there anything else you want to say? Let go. We talked some sports. We talked about uh, field exec life, movies, prank shows. Uh, Is there anything else you want to add with this? Yeah, I mean, I guess just one parting message, I guess. You know, obviously crazy world we're in, um, you know, a lot going on. Um, definitely now more than ever. Um, and, you know, this is something that, especially being away from my family, doing this job, I've really realized how just, you know, important is keep in touch with your family and to stay around them and, you know, make sure everything's good. Cause you know, with the pandemic and everything, you don't, you don't know when things are going to, you know, take a turn for the worse. So, you know, just, just live every, every moment with your family and cherish it. Cause you know, I'll say, you know, the one thing that I regret largely about, you know, kind of taking off and doing this job is, you know, I'm away from my family at a very uncertain time and, you know, knock on wood, uh, you know, hopefully nothing happens to, you know, my parents, my siblings, but, you know, it's definitely scary being away from them for so long and, and, you know, not knowing what, what's going on in the world and they could get sick at any moment. So it just, everyone stay safe, you know, uh, keep your family safe and, and keep in touch with them. Cause that's very important. Well, that's very wholesome plunger. Thank you so much for taking the time to say that. Thank you for taking the time to come on here with me. I had a blast. I hope me. you had a blast. And I would really hope you want to come back on. For sure. Yeah. Whenever you want to have me on, I'm, I'm down for it. So just let me know and I'll be here. Oh, I have you marked down I'm back for on that. the East Coast, I'll, uh, I'll check out your studio there. It looks pretty nice. So Thank you, man. Up. Please, please come by, please, and we'll definitely, uh, we'll definitely hang out and get lit in this world to celebrate the end of the, the end of the bullshit. We'll say that <laughs> for sure. Yeah, I'm all for that, so I'm looking forward to it. All right, you the man, plunger. I fucking love you. You rock, and uh, I'm excited to see where you go. And I'm glad uh, we did this. Much love, appreciate it, bro. All right, I'll catch you later, Brody. Thanks again, and uh, you the man. Thank you. All right. See you later, brother. And there you have it, folks. Jacob Unger killed it. Good job, my friend. Very, very happy. Very, very proud of you. And you were quite an amazing guest. And with that, I bid you all fair due. But guess what? I have a podcast coming out for you all tomorrow on a special bonus edition this week as i said we usually drop mondays and thursdays but tomorrow i have a special episode because i have just so much content to share with all of you and happy to share and tomorrow's episode will be with the famous julia borges one of my great friends from college somebody who really has a lot of good things to say a lot of insane things to say. And as we shared our University of Hartford experience with both fun, awkward, but entertaining and exciting times, me and her had a great, great time sharing our memories at UHart and talking about a lot of other things. And she did a great job, and I am so excited to show this podcast off. It's going to be a great one. So that will come out tomorrow on all podcasting platforms and YouTube. Check us, check me out also on Thursday's episode when I have the Pit Podcast. And oh my goodness, when Ted Alley Entertainment, the whole aka Chris Borowski and Anthony Grancelli came in to join me to collab, it was one of the most fun experiences I've ever had creating any type of content. And that's coming up on Thursday. Get ready for other fun things ahead. 
Julia tomorrow, the pit on Thursday. But for now, I just want to thank Jacob Bunger for killing it and giving me great contact to showcase. And I'd like to thank all of you, my listeners of the Productive Conversations podcast. Thank you for tuning in. It's sticking with me, and I have more things to show to all of you. And also, Joe Biden is the President of the United States. It shows that anything is possible, even in America. Woo! And with that, I bid you all fair do. Good night, and good luck, and farewell. See you tomorrow. Peace! You're still here? It's over. Go home. Go.